Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Tuesday, May 21st edition of the show. Chris is back in with us. I am Gary Seegers, your host. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow me at ChrisBGNini. You can follow the show at Winning Cures. All that's on Twitter, of course. You can also find us at WinningCuresEverything.com. You can get us on Facebook uh, Facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. Jump into it. Uh, share the show out for us. Leave nice reviews, five-star written reviews. Uh, give you a rundown of today's show. We're going to talk about the Warriors. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL for a little bit. Reuben Foster, his injury. We're going to talk about Julian Edelman's extension. Uh, we're going to talk firemen against snakes, and I'll explain that in a little bit. It's a, a crazy story. Uh, college football's bold predictions, 247 came out with their top 10 predictions for the year, so we'll run through that. And I've got some daily picks, of course, gambling picks for you. Chris, how are you today? Doing good, man. Feeling all right? Not too busy? Yes, sir. Yeah. Always busy, right? Uh, always busy, but that's okay. Taking time to make this a... I can. Uh, I, I like this. I, I would rather have you in for the live show, the daily show, so that uh, so that you can be a part of all the the shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with the Warriors sweeping the Blazers last night. That is now six wins without Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Right. So he he gets hurt in Game Five of the Rocket series, and the Warriors go on to win. So I, do we count that one, or are we just counting based on? The Warriors without no, Kevin Durant he, for the whole game. No, because Durant, I mean, he played meaningful minutes in that game. I think that game mattered. Okay. Um, no, we're okay. All right, so we'll, we'll say 5-0. and oh. We'll say 5-0. and oh. The Warriors record, let's go on and talk about this because this is the, the big topic of conversation. Obviously, Kevin Durant uh, is all in his glass case of emotions right now because he's firing off at people on Twitter, uh, Chris Broussard, Anybody that wants to talk anything, he's got his uh, his fake Twitter accounts rolling right now. Uh, the Warriors, when Durant plays and Curry does not, they are twenty eight and eighteen. That is a forty nine win pace. When Curry plays, but Durant does not, they are thirty two and four, and that is a seventy three win pace. It's just insane. And that is 
an astronomical number. Hang on. And didn't they win 73 games the year before like before he got there, right? Yeah. Yeah. They broke, they broke the magical number of Jordan. That's amazing that it works out to be the same ratio. It's it's pretty crazy. That's uh, insane. But I, I'll, I'll tell you this. The ball moves a lot more. Like They, they play more iso ball yes. with Kevin Durant, which works well for Durant. But that team is built on ball movement. Like it always was beforehand. So whenever Durant is out, they are able to move the ball more. Clay Thompson is more involved. Draymond Green fights more. I mean, remember, Draymond told this dude straight up, like, we don't need you. That's so weird because he was supposedly the guy that was, like, BFF with Durant that got him there. Yeah. Well, I think when you get those egos in a room together, I think it it can be a bit much. It seemed like a good idea on paper, but then when they all got together, it's like, "Mm." because here's the problem. If you watch the way these guys play, okay, and you see how you talk about the ball moving, but there's so much more than that. Uh, Durant, not yeah, Durant, Draymond, sorry, Draymond and Curry have taken massive steps backwards with the way they play basketball. Yeah, the last two years to accommodate Durant. Now it's worked out for the team. They have still won a massive amount of games, and they've still won championships every time they played together. So it's not like one way, I guess, is better than the other. But those two individuals have taken a major back seat to give Durant this uh, this podium here. Well, and it, it seems like that's a pretty unselfish thing to do, seeing as they don't. Oh yeah, they don't need to do that. Well, I don't. I don't think they are that worried about uh, personal accolades or anything like that. But it almost makes you think like they they really don't need Kevin Durant, and they would still be the most dominant team in the NBA. That's right. So it, it, think I, about this. I, Andre, I agree with Andre Iguodala. Remember, he was an All Star, a multiple time All Star from Philadelphia when he came over to the Warriors, and he took a complete backseat, started coming off the bench and everything. Like you got Iguodala, you got, and now they're saying that Boogie Cousins might be ready to go by the uh, by the NBA Finals. You might get Kevin Durant back, maybe. Uh, you got Steph, you got Draymond, you got Clay, you got like six All Stars. On this team, it it is impossible. And the Durant deal with this team moving the ball so much better, uh, not playing iso ball, but but playing ball movement, it is way more fun to watch. Yes, you, you find yourself kind of rooting for the Warriors. Uh, oh, and I, I was I was actually pulling for them last night, and I haven't done that in years. I don't I don't I don't find myself hating them with the original core three guys playing playing on the court. Yeah, because they're fun to watch. They, they a- are fun to watch. They're good, and they, they were kind of built organically, and it wasn't this, hey, I'm a superstar, and I haven't gotten a championship yet. Let me go play with my BFF, and, and he can give me one of his rings or two of his rings now. Yeah. And then you've got Boogie saying, you know, I'll, I'll work for $2 million. I'll work for the league minimum to come get me a free ring. Like – like there's there's just no fight in those guys whatsoever. You talking about Durant going off on Twitter and something. I that's what he does. Like he's in, he's incredibly soft. He's incredibly emotionally frag, fragile. He, he's just a he's a child in a grown man's body. Yeah, he can do things athletically that that we haven't seen people be able to do, and it's it's just trapped in in this in this. 
elementary child's body to where he's so sensitive to every little thing said about him. I mean, just the praising of the Warriors. Nobody even said anything negative about him. And he fires the first shot of, you know, they're going to miss me when I'm gone kind of thing. Like, what? No no way you brought your name up. We're just talking about how good they're looking right now. Exactly. You're so sensitive. You're so touchy-feely about this stuff. It just crawls in his ass so much. Uh, And and when he leaves the Warriors, he's going to have to go play with some other all-star. Oh, oh, yeah. He's not going to go to a team that's rebuilding. No. he's going. I mean, I could see him going to the Knicks, but he ain't going by himself. Oh, no. No, they'll have at least two all-stars. At least two other. There will be another big three. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Or it may be the Clippers or, or wherever. Um, the show, by the way, as always, brought to you by BetNow.eu. Great online sports book. they got a great layout, great odds. Everything else about them is wonderful. Go check it out for yourself. Use promo code WINNING50. You can get a 50% deposit bonus. Uh, so go check that out, BetNow.eu. Let's move off the uh, the Warriors for a little bit because we, we don't know who they're playing yet. I don't know that it matters. Uh, I think the Bucks might have a shot, but... We'll get to that when we get to it. There's 10 days from now until when uh, game one of the NBA Finals is. So the Warriors are resting. They are uh, they are getting healed up. We'll see what happens after that. Let's talk about Reuben Foster. We're going we're gonna to talk NFL for a little bit. Reuben Foster goes out, torn ACL. Looks like he's out for the season. Uh, are, the, are the Redskins just completely injury-cursed? So Mike Lombardi talked about this last year on his ringer show um he's left there he's got his own show now but uh he used to talk about how training staffs matter conditioning matters if you look the same teams seem to get hurt every year all the time or battle injuries all the time and then you see other teams that guys just seem to never get hurt and he said that's not an accident that you, you think about we, – we grade coaches in the NFL, we grade players in the NFL, but nobody thinks about anything behind the scenes ever. Maybe you look at the general managers and things of that nature. But he said training staffs are a thing, and they have to work hand-in-hand hand with the coaches to make sure conditioning is an optimal level. But you're not getting guys hurt. You're getting them in shape, and there's two different things with that. And – I think we've got four or five years. This is not a, oh, man, this happened to Urban Foster, and then last year it happened to a couple of guys. We're, we have a track record of if I'm a free agent, there's no way in hell, or if I'm an agent, there's no way in hell I let my player go play for the Redskins. I just don't do it. There are 20, let's see, 23, the 24, 20, no, 23 guys last year that missed time on the injured reserve for the Redskins. It's just last year. That's just last year. That's 2018. That's not 17. This is not uh, 16. The combined number of games. You want to take a stab at it? How many games were missed on IR? Oh, you're talking about games or players? Well, it it was 23 players. You know how many games it was? A lot, because a lot of those missed all 16. 246 games missed. By yeah, active cause, roster cause many, players. Because many of them missed all 16. You yeah. get three or four that missed 16, that number gets big fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so Cam Sims played in the first game, was out on injured reserve with a, uh, a broken ankle the whole rest of the year. Uh, I mean, Darius Geis out for yeah. the whole year. Uh, let's see. Josh Holsey was out. Uh, let's see. He was out until December the 9th. 
He played December 16th and then got hurt again and was out for the rest of the year after that. Uh, I mean, it's Robert Davis, uh, Tyler Catalina, uh, Troy Apke went out at the beginning of November with a uh, with a hamstring. Uh, I mean, it's the the number is astronomical, no, and that, that doesn't include Alex Smith or uh, uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, and and we're not talking about. Like I said, that's just last year. Yeah. This was a problem the year before, and it was the problem the year before that. I don't know. Now, this is where I don't understand some of the front office stuff. I don't know, does that fall on the team president, general manager, or does that fall on the coaches? I don't know who hires the training staff and who manages the training staff. I don't know, is this a Jay Gruden problem, and these are his people, and it's his responsibility to get them in shape? Or is this a front office issue, and they hire trainers that are watching this thing and the team doctors and and, and, and that level i don't know the answer i know this i i wouldn't play for them and and i wouldn't allow my my clients to play for them i mean it 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 gets a little scary um last year or sorry in 2017 they had the 238 games missed on ir yeah and then in 2016 2016 was not as bad. It, it has progressively gotten worse. That's that's when it, it's gotten. Yeah. yeah, it's 153. That's still a lot. That's, that's still a lot. Yeah, still a lot. They had one, two, three. I mean, you have teams four. that have RBs go down all the time. Like that's a position where you just yeah. don't live very long um, in the NFL. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, it just the knees get caught up in in the in the pile so much. But these guys have everybody. You, no position has been safe. Every position is at risk. Um, and, and there's a reason that when it translates to the games, why are their guys not as fast as everybody else? Why? Maybe they're dinged up. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just nobody can be at full speed. But they can't outrun guys in coverage. Their defensive guys can't track folks down in coverage. Like, they don't have the speed. And I don't know, is it a conditioning problem? Or they just aren't fast enough? Or are these guys – have ligaments, hammies, things like that that are pulled that that they can't they can't keep with the modern day NFL. I don't know the answer. I know this. I think it's happened far too much over the last three years for it to be a coincidence. Yeah, I uh, I think I agree with you. Um, let's talk about Julian Edelman, your boy, yeah, boy, your, your Patriots. That's they right. have wrapped him up through twenty twenty one, two year, eighteen million dollar extension, twelve million guaranteed. His base salary for this season is $1 million. Added years will be $3.3 million in 2020 and $2.8 million in 2021. Is that the best deal in football? <laughs> yeah. Well, what what he's done, in essence, is has made it to where it's not beneficial to cut him. Like, there, there would be no benefit to cut him because you can't cut him and replace him with a roster person that's going to be cheaper than him. Yeah. I agree. That's that's how you that's how you draw a contract up right there. If you're a player and you want to play, that's how you draw a contract up. Yeah, I mean, Bill that's... obviously thinks he hasn't lost much. Which last year he he definitely lost some speed, but he makes trash catches. It doesn't matter if he's covered; he gets the ball in. And and if you can continue to do that, you're not afraid to go across the middle. Then which, which he's completely fearless. Then um, then yeah, you you've got a place in the league. Now tell me this: you you know more about this than I do. Signing bonus money does not count towards uh, the salary cap, right? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. does? It, gets, it, it has to. It has to, or else every every time you sign a big time player, you just give them a massive bonus and a real tiny thing. I don't know the formula for how much of it counts towards the cap each year. Um, I, that I don't. I don't have an answer to. I was just. I'm wondering. You know, it's an 18 million dollar extension, 12 million guaranteed, but the yeah. base salary is it's almost nothing. Yeah, one million this year, three point three. The base salary basically is what's not guaranteed. Which is, I mean, but it's going to be but guaranteed. But that doesn't have anything to do with the cap. That yeah. has nothing to do with the cap. You could cut a guy that's got massive amounts of guaranteed money, and that money's going to hit your cap the next two to three years. Yeah, so this, so that's why it makes it better to not cut him as opposed to. That's right. He's, okay. Yes, he he made this contract. Usually, so baseball and basketball because they don't have real salary caps, they all have backloaded contracts to where I'm going to pay this guy the bulk of the money at the end of the year, and I'm paying shekels now because we're trying to win now, and I need that money for other players. And I'm assuming that if we win, I'll make enough money to pay off the back end of that contract, even though I won't be getting value for it. That makes sense. In football, it would be the exact opposite. I'd want to front load the contract. I'd want to pay it all up front, everything guaranteed that I have to. Because if he plays that year and he earned that money, great. If he doesn't, the next year and the year after all that money is gone, I spent it all the first year, so now it frees up off my cap. I don't know how this is amortized across the cap. I don't know if all $12 million is hitting this year, which it might be. If it's a signing bonus situation, then all $12 million might be hitting this year. Which um, I, which I think I would be fine. Yeah, I would. if they've got the cap room, then then spend it now, and then you now I'll tell you that now it does make him easy to cut. That third year, it's because it only is going to cost you three million dollars. What uh, does this contract line up with Tom Brady's? How, how much time is left on Tom? Well, Tom has whatever amount he wants. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what Tom's actual contract is. I know that it gets restructured and renegotiated every two to three years. Okay. Um, and uh, and and he, you know. He doesn't always take less money, but he a lot of times defers money to open cap space up and things of that nature. Um, you got to get creative accounting in the NFL. I mean, really, we talk about how baseball and basketball are being ran by nothing but nerds now, like guys that never played the sport, but they yeah. just come from MIT and 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 Caltech, and they just they just run simulations. Realistically, the NFL should be run by nerds and accountants. That, that, that's just it. But the creative accounting that you have to be able to do to manipulate the cap in a hard salary cap league is a pretty like amazing thing. Um, uh, so I, every contract is different, and it would just have to you'd have to actually look at it if you want to get that nuts and bolts as to how much of Julian's is going to hit, how long is Tom signed for, and and is this going to run through the same thing? And you what you, you could be right. It, Tom could have three more years left in his deal too, and and they're just hoping that he's done. But, but we'll I, see. I have, I have no way to. I'm I'm done trying to predict when Tom's going to hang it up. Yeah, uh, it's. I I have no desire to try and get into that game. Uh, I'm because we'll probably every lose. Of it I can and hope that when it's over, I can say, I'm. I got all of it. I could. Yeah. I don't. I didn't miss anything. I'm with you. All right. Topic number four. Let's see. Actually, this will be – yeah, it's topic number four. We'll call it number four. You heard about the Snake House. Oh, God, no. You told me about this. Yeah, I, I texted you about it. It's in Levine, Arizona. Uh, this happened, let's see, two days ago, actually. And I just found out about it this morning. Uh, 
article at azfamily.com says what firefighters found in the home while battling the fire was almost like a horror movie. The home was filled with hundreds of snakes and reptiles and other animals. Uh, Captain Greg Hawk of the Phoenix Fire Department says it tops the list of craziest calls he's ever heard. Uh, they walked in, I mean, it, hundreds of snakes. He said we were walking around and it was snakes and lizards and everything else all in the floor, all everywhere. It, it was nuts. What If you're a firefighter, what do you do in that situation? So I'm a pretty open-minded guy. A, I love animals. I love dogs. I love cats. I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an animal guy. And I'm a pretty open guy as people wanting to live their life however they want to live them. I am on the record, <laughs> publicly on the record to think – Snake people are weird. Snake people creep me out. And if this is me and I'm in charge of this firefighter, this is one of those situations where we protect the houses around it. We don't let the fire spread and we let the MF -er burn. <laughs> and everything inside just dies. And we just all get to our knees and say a little prayer. So you're, that's you're, it. Nothing's getting out. Yeah, sorry, you're of the opinion. In there, if there's kill. a dude in there and he lives with all these animals, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> hey, look, man. You chose your road, and I chose mine. Yeah, and I'm outside this house, and you're inside it. And nobody's coming in to get you, brother. Well, this I, is just this is just how it's going. This is how it ended up going down. All right, <laughs> uh, let's see. They said uh, it really hit us that we were walking around with snakes and lizards. Uh, da 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 da. Uh, Hawk continued with sharing some of the highlights of the bizarre mission. We were looking at each other, going, "This is crazy." There were literally firefighters fighting fire, squirting water on the fire. He said, and guys next to them picking up snakes and putting them in buckets, trying to get them outside. The firefighters had to change the way they fought the fire because there were so many reptiles in the home. Instead of fighting the fire defensively from the outside, they took the riskier approach by battling the flames offensively from inside to save as many reptiles as they could. We just knew we had to do what we could to protect the animals and get the fire out at the same time. Low man. What? I, I don't I like part of me wants to say they're better guys than I am, but I don't know that. I don't know that they made the world a better place for all these snakes still being alive. I don't I'm not I'm not there. Listen, yeah. I was raised I understand that my fear is an irrational fear. It, it is I, I can't explain it. Um if I could explain it or I understood it, maybe I wouldn't be so afraid, but I am. I was raised by a little bit of a crazy woman. And she she very much taught me the devil was was a snake and we don't mess with snakes and I don't mess with snakes. I just, just listen. That's I my my father in law child. calls them nope sticks. Yep, nope. <laughs> that's right. Nope. And and my brother, very big outdoorsman guy, hunter, whatever, tells me all the time, you don't need. They're good snakes and they're bad snakes. And if you got the good snakes around your house, you don't need to kill them. They're good. My problem is I don't know the difference. Yeah, we I'm not don't know what's what. And then just looking at pictures of them frightens me to death. I close my eyes tonight. I am not going to sleep. When you told me this story, my first thought was, is, well, I'll just uh, hang out and watch TV tonight. There you go. That's that's just not happening. They, they said uh, none of the snakes were venomous, so that's good. Uh, but in addition to saving snakes, the firefighters rescued several different lizards, tortoises, and even a couple of cats and dogs. So there was more than just snakes in How this place. How are the snakes on the floor just running around with cats and dogs? Well, I'm thinking when the fire got started, they must have, I mean, a lot of them had to have fallen out of containers and everything else, right? Maybe. Because maybe I right. wouldn't imagine that snakes, even non-venomous ones, would be, like, 
cool with just roaming around with dogs and cats. No, no. Well, the cats and dogs wouldn't be cool with it. No, I, mean, well, I don't I, like like when when I'm not really a cat person, but I agreed that if we ever found snakes in our yard, I would get a cat and I'd feed him every other day. And that'd yeah. just be it. Like you're going to eat every other day. And if you want to eat, you go kill things. And, and I know that they kill snakes and I just couldn't imagine cats being in a house with a hundred snakes. One of those things is not going to live. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm looking at it and there are a the ton cat. of containers that go, you can go no. to azfamily.com. Nope. Don't don't to, do that. Don't do that. Don't go there, guys. <laughs> just, just don't go to those people's website. It's don't says, look at that. I mean, one of the things says the snakes didn't bite any of the firefighters. It's <laughs> it's like they knew you're here to save me. Yeah, like they they trying to save me, get me out of this thing. That oh, uh, man. that was one of the craziest stories I have ever seen. Um, let's jump into topic number what five? Topic number five. Bold predictions for the 2019 college football season. Obviously, we are a ways away. What are we, 95 days away? Yeah, we're a long way out. So, but 247 Sports comes out. They give their 10 bold predictions. We're going to go through them 1 through 10. Going to do it kind of quick just to get initial impressions. Okay. Number one, the most highly ranked flop this year will be Notre Dame. You agree with that or disagree? I almost need to see the the ranking teams to be able to agree or not. Well, I think Notre Dame is going to be in the top like five or six. They will be. I listen. I know Clemson's offense is unbelievable. They lost a lot of dudes on defense. Oh yeah. Now they might start winning games, you know, forty to forty eight instead of forty eight to twelve. But at some point in time, you got to replace that. Now they got massive recruiting classes, and I'm not trying to take shots at them. But well, they do look I, a lot like Alabama right now. Like it's yeah. it's reload. It's, it's not rebuild. Re, yeah, you're right. Okay. So, um, so it you, you think me if Notre Dame steps down, falls backwards? Yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see that Brian Kelly. I mean, they went undefeated. How, yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. If they lose two games, are you right or are you wrong? I mean, if they go ten and two, is this person right or is this person wrong in this bold prediction? What's the flop? I think the flop would be like losing three games. Well, I think it'd be like three games or more. Because I don't think two games games is a flop. See, I don't either. I don't know. Three games is a flop. Nine and three. Well, nine and three takes you completely out of playoff consideration. Okay, so so you don't make the playoffs every year. That's not a flop, man. Well, I think, but if if you're you live in this world where Alabama and Clemson are the standard. Alabama and Clemson are the exception. Yeah, but that's that's what Notre Dame wants to be. Years. But but listen, dude, everybody wants to be that. Nobody can be that, okay? I, I, no, I'm with you on that. I'm just talking about Notre Dame. Their bold prediction, number one, is the most highly ranked flop will be Notre Dame. I need to know what flop means. Because if you're talking Florida State last year, <laughs> that's different, right? Like they were yeah, competing for no, the you're title. Right. And then they went to three games, like three wins, not three. Like this is. Well, I mean, they they went five and seven, but whatever. Even still, not good for them. That's a flop. Yeah, that's that's a a major league flop. Yeah. So, Uh, number two, Nebraska reaches the Big Ten title game. No chance in hell. (laughs) You and I are on record here. Do we understand where this comes from? It's people love Scott Frost. I look. I like him too, but you're making me say. You're saying crazy stuff, which is making me hate on a guy that I actually like. That's a, Remember, again, not I'm not you. saying these. 247 is saying this, no, but, but 
but Scott Frost is not magic, right? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. He's got like real voodoo. That's a, I think it's a little bit easier to take UCF to twelve and zero from an zero and twelve record within two years than it is to take Nebraska to a Big Ten championship game. I'd like to see the recruiting class that he had the year that he did that and the recruiting class that Nebraska's had. Well, but even still, you don't need a huge recruiting class at UCF. You just need better than everybody else in the AAC. Correct. You ain't going to do better than Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. We have talked about, but you don't have to – we're not even talking about just Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, the big boys. Yeah. uh, uh, Minnesota, much better. Much like they're no longer a cupcake in that division. Northwestern. Um, uh, Wisconsin. Northwestern. One Purdue, and then Purdue. Like these are three teams that three years ago, four years ago, nobody was like really afraid of. You saw them on the schedule, like yeah, we should beat them. Yeah, that's just not true anymore. Now you're you're right. Uh, number three, Brom and 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 PJ Fleck are three of the better coaches in the league. Oh yeah, it's okay. So no, I'm I'm with you. Let's let's jump on number three. Go Tennessee on. wins nine games this year. All right, so I I actually the other night you and I and yep. we we're talking with our Westlight guys about our uh, the pool that they do, and I was under the impression that it was most improved games, right? Well, it's so, it's I'm not, you pick I'm not five teams, and we'll we're, we're going to do this later on. But you take but, five teams that had a combined less than forty wins. That's right, and then whoever ends up having the most wins wins the pool. It's most wins. I thought it was most wins from last year. So if I have 40 wins this year and next year my five teams equal 50 wins, then I have plus 10. Yeah, which but if is you had 20 wins, if you had 20 wins and you get 32 wins, your five teams beat my five teams. Yeah. That's not that's not the way they do it. With that being said, me thinking the rules were what I thought they were, Tennessee was absolutely one of my teams. I think they're going to at least I I like them to win eight games. So when they said nine, I think that's bold. I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible either. The schedule sets up pretty well. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida right now. Florida, um, Florida is the Florida is the one that I think. If you ask me, who the biggest flop could be this year? Could they be Florida State bad? Maybe. Eh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, but maybe. I mean, they, they've got the pieces still in place. To be good, hang on, hang on. Wasn't Florida State loaded with four stars and five stars? Yeah, but I remember their offensive line was so bad, and everybody knew it. Uh, now we assumed that they would find a way to work around it, but they didn't. So I don't think that going on. I don't think Florida's missing any of that. But the dysfunction could be could be pretty devastating. I think it's going to hurt them more long term as far as recruiting goes. It won't hurt this year, but in two years we'll see the effect of it. Right? Yeah, that's that's okay. kind of what I'm feeling. That could be it. All right, go ahead. All right, number four, Alabama gets two in the Heisman top five. No chance. I'm assuming they mean Jerry, Judy, and, and Tua Tagovailoa, and I don't yeah. think that that makes sense. Uh, although there have been some people that are absolutely convinced that Najee Harris is going to make the Heisman top five, along with Tua. So I don't think you get two Alabama offensive players in the I, top I, five. I, we, we live in a world where two from one team won't ever happen. Yeah, and it, well, especially since they they cut this thing down to like three now. Yeah, you know it's it's almost impossible to get to. Uh, and to and the, the top two five. actually hurts the one. Yeah, 
Yeah, you got that right. Because you only got so many SEC votes because the Big Ten are not going to vote for the SEC and the Big 12 not voting for the SEC and all the Pac-12 guys. It's so crazy that this is so biased. Like, it's just... Tim Tebow should have won it three times. He should be a three-time... Regardless of what you think of his pro career, college football, he has the best four-year resume of anybody who's ever played the game and he absolutely should have won three Heisman Trophy winners. And all the Big 12 people did not have him on their list. They were one through three is what you're allowed to vote. And they did, had they voted him third on every one of their ballots, he wins in the biggest landslide there's ever been at that point in time. Agreed. But he was left off of all of those ballots. Agreed. Uh, number five, staying on the Heisman thing, Sam Ellinger is a Heisman finalist. Texas quarterback. At, look, he was good last year. I about to say it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I, it's so early to predict Heisman's today. If you're if you're talking about anybody other than Tua or Brian, I, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm I'm with you. Like Ellinger, I could I could 100 percent see that. Yeah, a big time uh, quarterback at a big time school, sure. Because if he has the numbers and he he has the wins and he has the stats, yeah, he's going to have the campaign behind him to do I, it. I think we we have to assume that Tua and Trevor Lawrence are going to be there, and yeah. then. We'll Not just Brian, see what that's happens. What I meant. Lawrence, yeah, I'm sorry. So, uh, number six, Florida beats Georgia. I could. I love that we do some like they yeah. have some crazy like real bold predictions, and one of their crazy real bold predictions is that a rivalry team beats their rival. <laughs> if Florida got have they fallen that far? Because maybe they think Florida's falling farther than we have. I think I think that they've got uh, Georgia so highly ranked because Georgia is preseason top three now and you know i think everybody just assumes that georgia is going to be fantastic this year and they they very well could be uh but i don't think that's like that crazy of a prediction it's a big rivalry game at any point in time your rival can beat you i mean auburn was not like super great the year the kick six happens and they beat alabama like your rivals are supposed to be rivalry games you always say throw the record book out of this game like that's just part of it. Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm looking up. I think uh, that's a knock on Florida more than that is a, is a knock on on Georgia or a, so some weird thing for Georgia. Georgia beat them last year, thirty six to seventeen. They beat them forty two to seven two years ago. Before that, Florida had beaten them three straight times. Yeah, and then and that but was when Florida was not good. Staff were there before that. Wait, say that again. Neither one of these coaching staffs were there before that. Uh, correct. So they're completely different teams just two years ago. So, Are but it, if you look back at, even through the Mark Richt years, uh, Florida dominated this thing from 1990 all the way on. Like yeah, since those 1990, just Mark Richt years. Those were also Spurrier years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, since now, 1990, Steve, Steve wasn't Saban in the sense of he won national championships, but if he saw you as his rival. He would lose games that you should never lose before, but he just did not lose to teams he hated. Now, you you read about that. He did not lose to Tennessee. When he got to South Carolina, he did not lose to Clemson. That shocks people. Yeah. Well, he he knew what buttons to push. Uh, Florida is 20 and 8 over the last uh, 28 years. And so I don't think that's that far fetched. I I think talent wise, they're fairly close, Uh, although Georgia is the. 
uh, superior. I don't, I don't know that they're. I don't know. I think Georgia's better than them at every aspect of the game. Yeah, I agree with that. They're not so much better than them that it would shock me if they won, even if they weren't big rivals. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I think Florida and LSU are pretty damn close to the level of play and the and the the, the quality of school and where they are in the SEC. And and we beat the hell out of Georgia in Baton Rouge. Now the exactly. scoreboard went crazy, but we dominated every aspect of the game from start to finish and never trailed. Like work, like it's just when you're a good team, you can beat a good team if they don't show up that day. That's not a yeah. bold prediction. I mean, and and if, if Arkansas LSU, beat Georgia, that's a bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. See, the rest of these are are not all that bold. Uh, number okay. seven, Oregon wins the Pac-12. <laughs> Aren't they? Would they be betting favorites to win the Pac-12 right now? I think Washington is the betting favorite. Still, okay. yeah. Okay. So Washington is the favorite, but I mean, I could see it. I mean, if I had to pick a coach, I'd pick Peterson. So yeah. But I mean, but Oregon's got Justin Herbert back, and they've got That's a ton right. of talent. So yeah, it would not I'm surprise me to see Oregon win for twenty years. So. Uh, number eight, Michigan beats Ohio State. It's a, once again a rivalry game. It should happen every now and then. Yeah, it, it should. Now it it hasn't happened often here recently. <laughs> True, and it would be the first had, time for Harbaugh. It'll be the first time Harbaugh's done it. But it, is but. it really that bold to say that Harbaugh, who everybody thinks is you know it, at the bare minimum like a top ten, top fifteen coach in America, beats a first year head coach? That was about to say. I, I and it's going to be at the big house. This year. Like I just don't. That's not I bold. That being bold. No. Yeah, I like the first ones. Even though I disagreed with them, some of them. I like the first one. That's bold. So we'll we'll come out with our own bold predictions once we get closer to football season. My but Tennessee bold prediction of eight wins isn't even bold now because these guys took it from me. Yeah, because they said it's, nine wins. They, they said nine. Uh number nine says the Big Ten misses the playoffs entirely. Uh, I don't think that's that bold because they've missed the last two years. I was just about to say what's bold about it is, is the fact that they're a premier program, one of the big power fives, and they will have missed it three years straight. Yeah. So, but with a new head coach. So, um, let's see. Number 10, last one. Clemson loses a regular season game. And I don't know how bold that is because, yes, we, we have all these high expectations for Clemson. But until last year, they had always lost a regular season game. Yeah, and last year they they lose they lose that A and M game a hundred times out of a hundred if it's replayed the way it played out all the way through. They they got the benefit of a call. It was called yeah. correctly. It's just the worst rule in all of sports. Well, and, and they A&M also again. possibly lose to Syracuse. That's right. I mean, it, there's all sorts of stuff that could have gone wrong last year. A that ton of didn't. things have to happen to 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 go undefeated. Like it, it is. It, I mean, hell, there's a reason that last year was the first ever 15 and 0 team. That's right. Like it, it, somebody's like, it is very difficult to go undefeated nowadays. I completely agree. And so, all right, that is going to wrap up the uh, the five topics. Let me give out my daily picks right quick. Uh, did did fairly well last night. Uh, went four four and one. So, eh, basically even money. Uh, tonight got Raptors first quarter money line against the Bucks. Got Mariners Rangers first five over six and a half runs. Twins money line in the first five at the Angels tonight. Uh, Blues money line against the Sharks. And uh, how do you say this guy's name? Siakam for the Raptors. 
Yep. I've got him over seven and a half rebounds tonight. Uh, at home, he is averaging nearly 10 rebounds in the playoffs. Uh, at home against the Raptors, he had 11 in the last game. So he plays better at home, plays uh, not great on the road. So I've got him over seven and a half rebounds. As always, you can find the picks at winningcureseverything.com. Go up to the navigation bar, click on gambling picks, knock it out there. Chris, we'll do it again on Thursday, brother. See you, man. All right, later, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, etc. Share it out. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.